1: for joining us on Wesley Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. You can text in on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. As we so often do, we have to go to one of the other members of the show, whether it be Wes Bryant or Josh Fiddy Marlowe, and ask, why are they laughing now? Wes, you laughed right at the start of the show. I don't know why. (laughs) You were opening up your Coke, and then you were laughing, whether it be at the
2: TV screen, was it me? What's going on? Uh, I was laughing as Jerry Springer was coming on. Okay, the there you go. I just saw a drink splash, and then the girl just started swinging, and it was from the vantage point of in front of her, so it just looked funny the way she cocked back and started swinging.
1: Okay, very, very good. We're laughing at Jerry Springer to start off the show today. Just decided that. I mean, we always have that on, and I always figure
2: that That's you're looking because up- Mack and them watched. CW News in the morning, and so it's on there. And so then they, you know, when we come in, it's stood the lineup where we go. Jerry Springer, then Maury. We, you never change it, though. like No, I do change it. I change it most days. I put it on uh
1: um, I, I, I don't have it in front of me. I do good balance. You, you cannot sit here and tell me you change that TV most days.
2: I do. No way. You don't pay attention. More, just no, like you don't listen no, to things that we say. No. Jerry Springer is on there quite frequently. Maury is on there. Yeah, a yeah, lot. yeah. Some days I do that. We go ranting. Some days, days I will put it on another sports thing. I, most I, time I have because yesterday I had three sports. <laughs> after a little bit of Springer, I just I usually look back
1: there and there's some ridiculous prompt. About how my stepmom is 13 years old or some crazy, <laughs> like something weird, and then you're just sitting there watching it, laughing at the weird prompts. I usually don't see sports, and that's the case today. Jerry Springer, Maury, um, yeah, I'm not. I feel even uncomfortable reading some of these prompts. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, they're bad. All right, You yeah. picked
2: a really bad one just now.
1: Well, I know. I think that's what I saw the other day. Like it was so weird. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought that up. Let's let's dive into some sports talk. <laughs> this is already off the rails. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Let's get off off the bus and uh, do so on fire. Fiddy, help us out.
2: We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I
1: can feel it. Let's talk about something other than Maury or Jerry Springer. Let's actually discuss the Carolina Panthers' number one overall pick. Scott Fitterer speaking to media yesterday. By the way, Andy Dalton and you also have Miles Sanders speaking to media right now. And so we'll play some of their sound a little bit later on in the show. But Scott Fitterer talked about Bryce Young and his reps canceling other team meetings as they go on in the process. Here's Fitterer discussing Bryce Young's cancellation. No, there is not. That was a decision he made on his own, and I just refer you to his reps and to Bryce as to why. So, to you, I know we talked about this yesterday. But a lot of people are making a ton about this, saying, okay, well, maybe this does leave the door open for somebody else to be selected here, number one overall. What do you make of this comment from Scott Fitterer, who did not communicate to Bryce Young that he was indeed going to be that number one pick?
2: Um, hmm. I want to go the cap route, because I feel like maybe they have told him that. Why else would he decide not to? But I could see conceivably Bryce Young just saying, hey, man, I know I'm not really going lower than two, so what's the point? Because we know how much... The Texans are enamored with him. We know how much the Panthers love him as well and allegedly are pretty, you know, sold on taking him as the top pick. So why would you take other visits if you are Bryce Young?
1: Yeah, if you're Bryce Young, you really want to be – you're you're not going to fall past two. And so I understand why you would cancel those. It does seem like he's going to be the Panthers pick. You and I both believe that he is a shoe-in to be that number one pick. And I think we both like it. He He's been the top quarterback on both of our lists for quite some time now. And I just haven't heard anything as far as him being on the football field, a legitimate concern outside of his size where he doesn't play a specific way that is correct, right? Where you're worried about this one factor to his game. I did hear a soundbite from Ben Solak who we've had on the show before and he talked about how he wouldn't hate Carolina actually taking Anthony Richardson number one overall. He was looking at film. He's starting to release some of these clips with him watching and evaluating these quarterbacks and he released this on Bryce Young. Actually giving a criticism to some of the skill set that he has or actually lacks. Here's Ben Solak. Now watch the play one more time. Eyes on Bryce Young's drop back. Just straight back pedal, tries to get those hips over, but there's a little bit of pressure,
3: a little bit challenging
1: to get everything into that throw. Accuracy drain, tackle. This late matters a lot. You can get away with having a drop back that often puts you in throwing positions that aren't exactly on time and they aren't exactly clean. If you have high tier arm strength because when you're a little bit late you can hammer that thing in there and you can get the ball there on time when you're a little bit behind you can zip that thing and you can ensure that you hit the receiver in stride young doesn't have high tier arm strength at the nfl level young's going to have an average to maybe slightly below average arm so what's interesting to me about that is he was talking about the last possession Alabama had in that Tennessee game where he completes a pass with pressure in his face But the accuracy was a little off, and then he showed that the receiver had to bend over to catch the football, and then instead of catching it in stride, possibly picking up more yards after the catch, or you get the first down and you secure that. But if it was an accurate throw with better arm strength, maybe he takes that all the way to the house. There's a possibility that you score a touchdown, and then you don't lose because Hendon Hooker has a couple of impressive throws, and you have a couple of impressive completions. Arm strength, Bryce Young doesn't have the elite athletic trait right he's good on the run he's excellent from the pocket he's certainly small where people have used that against him with just how short he is but because he doesn't have the elite arm strength or even above average arm strength as Ben Solak puts it is that something that we haven't talked enough about okay he's small but Kyler Murray has a fantastic arm right like when Kyler Murray was coming out nobody was discussing how weak he was throwing the football baseball player flicks the wrist and it goes 70 yards despite him being just over 510 that's not the case with Bryce, do you put stock into that and say, okay, I'm still taking him number one, but I
2: guess I would like my number one overall pick to at least have an above average arm? No. I mean, who comes into the NFL as a perfect prospect? Nobody. Did Tom Brady throw 100% accurate balls where his receivers were catching them in stride every single time? How many times did we see Gronk scrape something off the turf? How many times did we see Wes Welker dive and make a heroic catch so no i I don't care about that at all because his processing and the way he sees things on the field his anticipation is going to take care of a lot of those type of scenarios when i know when i snap the ball and i'm looking at what i'm seeing and i can confirm that inside of two and a half seconds and i'm getting that ball out before the receiver goes into his break. I'm good to go. It doesn't really matter. I don't have to throw the most the most perfect ball all the time. And like I said, anticipation and uh understanding of the playbook will take care of a lot of those things. So it's kind of a nitpick. No prospect is going to be perfect. Yeah, and 910 number wrote a lot of what people felt about that game then and even
1: now. He said, last time I checked, he got the first down on third and ten. And that's right. And Ben was talking about that. He's he's not saying don't draft right. Bryce Young number 1 overall because of that. Just
2: saying if there's something to look for, yeah, this be- could be it.
1: Because you know there's going to be pressure at the NFL level. Even against teams that don't have great pass rush, certainly in college, you're going to be facing worse pass rushers in the SEC than you are in the NFL, despite that, as you say, being NFL junior. And so I think there is something to it. If you go back to some of these first-round QBs that are selected, the number one overall picks. I mean, Wes, there's usually something pretty impressive about some physical traits they have, right? Where Joe Burrow is kind of the last guy I go to that didn't have any elite skill set, but you could talk yourself into that a little more because he's not 5'10", right? He is somebody that is like, what, 6'5"? And I don't think he has an elite arm. I think he's got great accuracy, just like Bryce Young, but he doesn't have this Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen type of arm. Even Trevor Lawrence had better physical traits than what Joe Burrow had coming out of college, and Joe Burrow was an older guy, right? Like, that was somebody that did the transfer thing, and so a more physical skill set than Bryce Young, but also being older, maybe understanding the game too. Who is the last... QB that you point to that did not have the elite physical trait or at least above average physical trait that was selected this high in the process.
3: Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield's that would a, good be one. a
1: good one. That's it that's the one, right? I, and and but to the point it didn't really work out, but that's a great one because that's that's the one that you would
2: have to go to and it didn't work out. I mean Jameis against it. Jameis Winston's last year for the State, he threw interceptions galore. I mean he was throwing two, three a game. But solid dude, right? Like, yeah, he was solid, but dude. still that was worrisome and we saw it come to fruition you in know, the I'm pros. Talking about, I'm talking about strictly physically though.
1: Like if you're you're I'm talking about physical players that had you know, he has a he has a great quarterback body, right? I mean he's not running, you know, he's not a, a great rushing QB, not a great one, but he's still a, a physical guy. I thought what you what I'm were saying?
2: just saying the quarterbacks that have worrisome traits that were I'm, drafted I'm this talking. High. I'm talking about athletically,
1: physical traits. I'm, I'm talking about the, the the body and work here, the, the arm talent, right? Baker Mayfield was a good one in that regard because Baker Mayfield didn't bring anything elite physically to the table, but he just had a more polished career than
2: Sam Darnold. And Kyler had a sa- questions too, because of his size. Yeah, but he also had the arm, though. He had an arm, but the size, though, a lot of people weren't too thrilled about that. They felt like Cliff Kingsbury was... The perfect coach for him because of the system that he was going to run, but they felt like he did not fit in a lot of systems, especially if you wanted him to drop back from under center every play. Yeah, I, and so I am not – I'm not trying
1: to argue about Kyler Murray and the flaws because there were clearly flaws with all these guys. You're right. There's there's not a I'm perfect – I'm
2: talking about women's size. Yeah. I mean, which one do you want? Do you want – I mean, you keep going back. Up. I'm talking about physical traits. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Kyler Murray –
1: has a elite arm. He did. So that's so are my, we that's talking arm only? No, I'm talking about a first pick who doesn't have any elite physical traits. Kyler Murray did have a fantastic arm, even if he was short. Okay, so you're okay. saying none at all. No yeah. elite physical traits. That's what trait. I'm saying. Okay, Baker, That's why Baker, right. Mayfield I'm up made, to speak. Baker Mayfield made a lot of sense in that regard. I don't know if you were confused about that, but I, yeah, like Baker Mayfield didn't have any physical traits elite-wise. Jameis Winston had a big quarterback body. Trevor Lawrence, same thing, kind of created in the lab all also has pretty good arm strength. Bryce Young doesn't have any is what I'm saying. So Baker Mayfield, the last example you can go to, and it didn't work out, but also not as good of a prospect, I believe, as Bryce Young is. I'm still drafting him number one. I'm really only throwing this out there as if to see if there's anyone a little hesitant because it's been a while, right? And the only example you have recently is Baker, and it did not work out as we saw in Carolina. Does that give you a little hesitance with Bryce Young, who does not have a fit? physical elite trait in any standard that's the
2: question no because he's elite on the field so there you go okay you know what i'm saying i mean i don't know yeah he might not have the biggest arm and things of that nature but as far as just production and dominance i mean i don't he didn't need one and he's done Fair it enough. his whole life, so it's not like the Alabama argument is there that oh he was playing with Alabama. Yeah. He's been this way his entire life. Fair enough. There you go. That was the. Would physical. Alex Smith qualify in this category?
1: <sighs> he was bigger. I, I was guess. just looking yeah, at him. Yeah, Alex Smith would probably. qualify I remember when he came out. More. There
2: was nothing that you were just like, oh my god. He's... But he
1: was always classified as like this good runner. He was. He was given the the quip thing right. He was like where... a four
3: six. Yeah. Type of guy. Go Blaine Gabbert I think would fit this conversation No I think he was people liked his athleticism yeah, his, arm, his, his arm, arm, arm really though, good, his arm really his arm
2: talent was was People pouted. liked his arm
1: talent
3: Really, I think, yeah. I think so I yeah. think he He's out. highly touted coming out of high school and you know Johnny in college, you know, man, you know, man, you know, Manziel kind of fit the mold because that
1: could I could, see but that. his arm was really I thought his arm was his pretty arm was good straight. and he was also running around like a madman back there more so so yeah I don't know let's see hey you can tell us on the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610. five seven zero ninety six ten let's go to more Scott Fitter radio on the other side of the break sports radio ninety two seven WFNZ. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Feel free to share your thoughts and comments on the Garage Door Guru text line. Uh-huh. 704-570-9610. A lot of people writing in on the conversation about Bryce Young not having an elite or even crazy above average skill set. or as uh, Not skill set, excuse me, but physical trait coming into this NFL draft class. And Formal Tim, he wrote, I think Reich wants the prototype NFL QB for his style of de- development. I don't think they want a Peyton-style offense that's constantly shifting, throwing lanes for a short QB, a la Drew Brees in this case. I think Stroud should be the pick, and I think Young would be a bust with Carolina. So that's Tim not liking Bryce Young as the possible first overall pick. Nine one zero, he kind of goes along our st- side of thinking, saying if – he has elite mental processes. If Bryce Young has an elite processing skill, then I think that would make up for all of the other average traits. Because even with us talking about Bryce Young's rushing ability, w- nobody has talked about that being such a huge part of his game, right? Like, I feel like that isn't, I don't think that is emphasized as much. He's not Lamar Jackson, He looks Anthony like Richardson. a mid
2: four, 6 guy to me when I see him take off and which run. Is which, is, yeah. which is pretty fast. Yeah,
1: I would take that any day of the week. Yeah. But I don't think people talk about that being.
2: I would also. This. I would also say that I believe his pocket presence is elite. Right, he's hard to sack. Well, and that—that's
1: the thing. Because mentally, everything's elite. This guy just had the highest S two test we've ever seen. This guy has processing, processing, processing. Never has there been a trait more synonymous with a certain prospect like processing has with Bryce Young. So all of that's elite for sure. Just talking about the athletic traits, I was looking elsewhere in the first round to try to find some of those guys that were taken. We can honestly go back to last year. Kenny Pickett. I don't think Kenny Pickett has any kind of elite physical trait. Not the strongest arm in the world. Not gonna take off and run, and you know, not gonna be able to catch up with them. You're very easily gonna be able to catch up with them. And Kenny Pickett was the 20th overall selection. I don't know
2: if I say very. I think he's a better runner than you think. But he's not gonna be. I don't, I wouldn't. He can hurt you. I'd say that much. He'll hurt you if he runs out the pocket. I wouldn't say that about him. He has some big runs at Pitt. Yeah, the fake slide. I remember, Yeah, fair enough. I oh, think not he, just that. He has some other ones. I mean, I'm just saying. I got gotcha. you. I
1: got gotcha. you. Can I move on from Kenny Pickett? Does yeah, he not go fit this category? I just
2: wanted to just make sure.
1: I know. I will not disrespect your dog, Kenny Pickett again. I feel <laughs> I chipper. It's that. feisty. I, I do feel like he's in that category. Is that fair? Of not having any elite physical trait.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What's elite? The speed you're 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 pining for. No, the- I was just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I was just trying to just go over it in my head again. What I think about him, I would agree
1: with. I'm you. just saying, Kenny Pickett is in this category. That's what I would say. What about Tua? I feel like Tua being, a and, and this was somebody that was widely celebrated as well. I don't know about the arm strength I could him, agree with that. But accuracy, that was the thing about Tua. That guy was crazy accurate coming out of college, but not the biggest guy in the world. And that's why some people are making those comparisons with Tua. I think Bryce Young is more mobile than what Tua is by a decent amount. So maybe even Tua, even if he's taller than what Bryce Young is, I still don't think you could put him with any kind of above average or even good to great to a lead. We're saying that word a million times. It's starting to lose meaning. So yeah, I don't know if we have that with Tua either. As far as a first round pick goes, Joe Burrow, a tall guy and can move in the pocket. I don't know if you would say he's got the greatest arm. You did see that with Kyler Murray having that arm. Um, Yeah. So I think that's the thing, right? Like if, if you have a first overall pick, then Bryce young, you're you're just going all in on the processing and the accuracy which I'm here for. I love what Bryce Young did, but that's what you're doing with that first overall selection. Uh 980, yes. Now we have we have a bunch of Kenny Pickett comments here. <laughs> 980 number said Walker Pickett ran all over the Hokies. I can remember a game-winning run. So there is somebody defending Kenny Pickett as well. Chili Willy writing in, Kenny Pickett is trash. Please don't compare anything about Bryce to Kenny Pickett. So, so um uh yeah, Panther Cliff wrote in Kenny Pickett has elite tiny hands. I like that one. Yes, he <laughs> does. That is not a physical trait. That is good for one Kenny Pickett. Um, I'm about out of Kenny Pickett conversation, so we can move on to some Scott Fitter audio. He had a lot to say yesterday. I-, I thought one thing that was interesting, and we played it yesterday, was that he said he didn't know Frank Reich's pick at the top of the NFL draft yet. Which is kind of interesting to me. Saying that Frank Reich hadn't told him who he's going all out for with number one overall. Do you like it? Do you care? What do you make of that comment, Wes, with Scott Fitterer admitting that to everyone?
2: Uh, I think it just plays into, again, that I don't think everybody's on the same page with who they want to take. And I think Frank Reich is still probably uh, wrestling in his head if this is to be true. I think he's still wrestling in his head with perhaps uh, who he wants or either he doesn't agree if most of the group is for Bryce Young, maybe he does not agree with it. Maybe that's why he hasn't come out and said anything. Maybe he's debating when he wants to deliver that message. Who knows? Yeah, I would have expected they just have an open open dialogue, right? Like
1: I, I would expect them to kind of know who the other one is leaning towards at all hours of the day, to be honest with you. that That's what I would think. I don't know if I have a huge problem with it, I guess. I just... Wouldn't have expected that. I would expect Frank Reich to know the way Scott Fitterer is leaning and vice versa. And maybe they do, and they just haven't given their stamp of approval, cemented the number one overall pick in their minds. But that's what Scott Fitterer said. Now, here we are talking about the physicality, the traits of one Bryce Young. Um, You know, Scott Fitterer said it's actually not anything that worries him as far as the the weight goes, the height he can't fix. But here's Scott Fitterer talking about how they can put weight onto Bryce Young. Nutritionally, we can do some things to educate him, um, get him in the weight room. When you really look at his lower body, his lower body has gotten bigger. You know, he's put on a lot of mass down there. A lot of times quarterbacks don't want to lift upper body because you get a little bit bound up. But there's some things he's going to naturally put on size as he ages as well. You were shaking your head during that sound bite. Why?
2: Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, him talking about him getting... Uh, much, much bigger in the lower body. I think Bryce has a workout plan already that works for him. You know, a lot of these athletes today, they're so specialized in what they want to do. I think Bryce is very specialized in what he wants to do. He's not a guy that I can see putting on a lot of weight. I think that would hurt his game. I think this is a guy that you're just going to have to live with the fact that he's not going to get much bigger than about 205. And I think that if he does get to that size, that's a great size for him. And he shouldn't play any bigger than that you always hear about coaches talking about frames where they see guys going, how much weight they can put on just in my estimation, looking at him, he's a guy to me that should top out at about two Oh five. And he doesn't need to be much bigger than that. I
1: mean, I wonder if there's just safe weight that you can put on. And I heard smoke talking about this. It's exactly what I thought about too. We had this conversation surrounding Brian Burns when he was the first round pick except obviously at a different position, but one where we were trying to figure out, do we put more weight on Brian Burns? And if we do, how much is that going to take away from his elite speed? Which is pretty clear that the guy is very bendy hard to get your hands on him and if you don't early then there's a great chance that he's going to be in the backfield sacking the quarterback but this is also a problem people have had with him not being the strongest defensive end in the world, not playing the run as effectively, nearly as effectively as he is a pass rusher so what do you do there? Do you put more weight on him or do you just teach technique which I've talked, you know, Al Wallace has said this, there's a a couple of different defensive ends and defensive minded guys that say you can make up for strength with good technique and you could speak to this too, as an offensive lineman as well, better than I can, I just know there's a fine line, right? So, so how much does good technique add on quote unquote, you know, can, can you get 20 pounds stronger with good technique or do you need to add something and then provide the good technique on top of that? I wonder if there's something that also translates in that style to the quarterback position. Can you gain five to 10 pounds as a QB become a little more solid Because we are talking about unprecedented tininess at the QB spot. I I would understand why Carolina would want to put more weight on to Bryce Young in order for him to be more solid, but also not take away the natural way that he plays the game. And you don't think there's really any way to do that. You just want him to be at this size while continue conditioning, but you don't need to see more weight on Bryce Young.
2: He's going to naturally get bigger as he gets older. Like they say, growing to your grown man body. But as far as just packing weight on him, for the sake of packing weight on him to make him bigger, I don't think that's the smartest thing in the world. Like I said, I mean, maybe 210. I mean, Drew Brees, what did he play at? Like two o two o five, something like that. But I just think with a guy like Bryce Young, you don't need to try to uh, make him a lot bigger. He played 209, six foot 209. I mean, that's what I think you're looking at here with Bryce Young, weight around that size, and he's going to – he'll make changes – probably to some of his workout regimen and things of that nature to work on more strength. But as you said, technique with the quarterback footwork, you know, it goes from the feet up. And so if he plays soundly in that aspect, snap in, snap out, that's going to help him more than anything else.
1: There's a lot of people on the text line, as we were talking about, The physicality of one Bryce Young. People were discussing how they value his mind more so than the body. That's the reason that Bryce Young has been tabbed as the number one overall pick. And part of the evidence as to why Bryce Young is so smart, you can go to the S2 testing, which was all the rage really just what a couple of days ago. Last week, we were talking a lot about this. Scott Fitterer talked about how much stock he puts into S2 testing. We use it so we believe in it, but it's it's a tool. You know, just like there's a lot of different tools that we look at, you know, analytics, everything else. It all comes back to the tape is the most important thing that we do, what we watch and we evaluate. And what Cole watches, what Dan watches, uh, S2 is just another tool that we use. It is something we believe in, though. Yeah, it is. It, the person that was mostly affected by this is clearly C.J. Stroud, right? Because... And and maybe in a positive way, you could go Anthony Richardson, who tested very well here as well. And, and Will Levis was good. It's just CJ Stroud apparently fell so far behind because he did not test well in this. And there is some validity like this test does actually have a, a decent frequency as to guessing who is going to be good at the NFL at the quarterback position. And we can even go back to last year. If you just want a recent example where Brock Purdy had the highest S2 score, he's. Late in the draft, like what he was, Mister Irrelevant, right? He was yes. the very last pick, and so okay. You get that guy with the very last pick and you see him with great tools around him, but balling like that guy was, you know, not only did you have some nice outside throws, but he did not seem afraid of the moment and some huge games coming in as a rookie who was Mr. Irrelevant. And so there is some stock that goes into this that actually has a pretty decent say way more than the wonder which we can just throw out right. We've talked about it doesn't even see this seems to be the SAT testing of the NFL where they don't put any stock to that anymore. They've moved on on to something better. And it does seem like S2 is better. It only confirms how smart you think Bryce Young is here. And that's why I think it is probably a good tool.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you look at his touchdown and interception ratios in college, in high school, all of that lends itself to the cognitive ability and the things that people are talking about where they love the mind over the body. This is a guy very capable of making decisions, snap judgment, when the blitz is coming up, but this is also a guy that's going to absorb. And I think that's another thing that you want to look at in this aspect. He's going to absorb that playbook, and he's going to diagnose at the line of scrimmage pre and post snap and hurt you. And that's what you want more than anything. And I think by far that's what makes him stand out, and that's why he's been one of the best prospects in those regards to come along uh, in quite some time. Let's go to the last
1: soundbite here, Fitty, talking about the coaching staff as we discuss just how much you can develop this QB. There's been a couple of texts who do want the elite physical traits that come with Anthony Richardson. And they've said, if you're going to acquire this type of coaching staff, it would make a lot of sense to go after Anthony Richardson. Here's Scott Fitterer discussing the guys that have been assembled um, who are going to be coaching this quarterback, whoever it may be. This whole entire staff is unique because it's all geared to like help a quarterback evolve and develop. All right, so I just said everything that Scott Fitterer did there. I didn't realize it was going to be that short, but fair enough. We get the <laughs> idea that they did assemble everything they possibly could. Every single decision they made, it feels like it was all to create a fantastic environment for this number one overall pick to come in and succeed. They spent a boatload of money. David Tepper spent a boatload of money on the staff. They went out and they shored up their weaponry as much as they could after getting up to the first overall pick by getting rid of of DJ Moore. And so they went back and they got as many weapons as they possibly could with DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders. Okay, like sexy pickups in the offseason. And so that is why I've I've had so much faith in whoever they pick at number one. I'm going to feel good about it because the environment they're in.
2: You should. I mean, there are a ton of guys on that staff that should be able to help him at so many different levels. And also the thing we talked about was the depth on his staff. If you do lose one of these guys after this season, I'm sure there will be a guy that in holdover mode like a Josh McCown, so that if Caldwell decides to step down at the end of the season, you you will still have him there. Or vice versa, if McCown gets snapped up by another coaching staff and Caldwell is still there for him on top of Frank Reich uh, at the head of the snake to help him. So there's plenty of guys, plenty of experience, and also they've worked with some great players as well. When you talk about Caldwell working with Matthew Stafford when Stafford was the number one pick. So there's plenty there for him to draw off of, for him to come in and be good. And when you talk about a guy that's as smart as Bryce Young is and are, and surround him with other smart minds, I mean, it's tremendous. It is. Uh, yeah, That would that's like the brain. The brain. Tremend- <laughs> like the cartoon character of the brain? <laughs> the brain. or I, I was trying to think of something <laughs> else. Gazoo, like just a big head, a big brain. Bryce's brain is just going to be big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could call him Bryce the Brain if we wanted Bryce to. Bryce the Brain. Okay, I like that. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, you're We welcome. need to get a, a soundbite for that, too. All he right, says, yes, Pinky. Yeah, I, I, I know Pinky and the Brain,
1: okay. I don't know it well enough to quote it. That was just funny how it came in. Like the Brain. Bryce the
2: Brain. Looks like yeah, he's going to be the top Yeah, because I was QB. trying to say it's just going to be a big brain. Mm-hmm. Walk into a brain. Although, <laughs> Walk in. <laughs>
1: It's been a weird first couple segments, like the off track, the not having any control over it. It's been very weird, but here we are still trucking along. Let's get to the campus corner in just a moment, but first we got to get to the Fitty flash. What you got, Fitty?
3: All right, guys, last night in game one of the Stanley cup playoffs. I know Jeff was talking about this earlier today. uh, Jets forward Morgan Barron took a skate to the face and would exit the game getting over 75 stitches to close up the gash in his face, and he would then later return to the game as the Jets would go on to win 5-1 to take a 1-0 lead over Vegas. Could you imagine having 75 stitches put in your face? No. All right, what's more impressive? Ronnie Lott deciding to cut
1: off his finger so he could be ready to play immediately in a football game. Or was it this guy deciding to get 75 stitches in his face and then going back out there on the ice? What's yes. more, What's more impressive? All of it? Yes. Yeah, good answer. Honestly, the correct answer. Wes, did you have one different
2: than that? I was sitting there trying to decipher which one is more impressive. I can't either. I can't decide, so okay. I'm just going to join I'm, the consensus. And <laughs> there's there's
3: one obvious answer. When I tore my ACL and, and came back to score 35 points on one leg, definitely more impressive um, last night, the Charlotte Knights did lose to the Louisville Bats five to four. They're actually playing an early game today. Right now, they're down six to one in. Uh, they're going into the bottom of the fifth inning. And tonight, Wes, the budding rivalry that is the Canes and the Islanders game two, N PNC Arena at seven o'clock. I got a sneaky feeling the Islanders tie this thing up tonight. Well, you can feel sneaky, freaky, whatever
2: you want to feel, mm.
3: but uh, I don't cheeky. think That's it's going to be going down tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like, I then I he feels cheeky a lot. Yeah, Like he's a cheeky guy.
3: I mean, I do got – I was going to say yeah. I got
1: big cheeks, and I was going to go one of two ways. All right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> Weird start to a show. Let's try to get it back on the rails. Campus Corner coming up next. Wesley Walker Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNC.
2: Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, and Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, empowered by the garage door guru text line only from sports radio 92.7 wfnz the exclusive home of the charlotte sports fan hit us up on that garage door guru text line 704-570-9610 and hit that follow button on the socials wes and walker on twitter wfnz twitter wfnz instagram where we're going to be taking you guys inside we decided we're going to start doing that as well uh Bringing you some uh, good little treats during the breaks on the stories on Instagram. We got to get Walker at Instagram. We got to get him going with Instagram. Oh yeah, man. good luck. I don't know what. We'll get you off Facebook. Swap out Facebook for Instagram. Yeah, I mean
1: that's that's not a bad pitch because it's not the only thing. Is there's so many people that are still on Facebook. I, I don't get on it, but I'll, I'll I definitely don't post to it. But I still know people that are on Facebook that are posting, so I'll check it out. I don't. I don't want to navigate to a different social media website, man. I just want to be on Twitter. <laughs> that's the only thing I really want to engage in right now. Yeah, because you're on the gram more than any of them, or are you on no, all of them quite a bit? No, Twitter. I, I looked still? at my
2: average Instagram time the other day; is three minutes a day. Oh yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, that's absolutely nothing. Yeah. So Twitter is still number one for get you. Off. Yeah, Twitter's still number one. Yes, because the news, and I like it during big events. So that's why I like it. Twitter's more newsy for me. Okay, well, Instagram I mean, is more you know just seeing visuals. And so you're putting out gram videos right now. <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> back that long. No, but I mean I all the time because I've actually bought more than a few things off of Instagram too. They get me with the ads. They know exactly what I like those oh, algorithms at yeah. work and you see stuff and it's like boom. Now the the only thing is and I I mentioned this
1: in the story that you could go check out on our Instagram however you find it whatever. So you just started filming while Colin came in and he was talking about some stuff. And then he just started looking at the AC or you started looking at the thermostat. Yeah. And then Colin's like, oh, OK, we're filming.
2: Is it live that you go and then you just leave it no. there? is if it just a story? It's a story. And mm-hmm. you can delete it. So if something is said or something mm-hmm. is done that we don't want, I can't hit the X." And get rid of it mm-hmm. quickly.
1: Yeah, it just it was it was like, oh, okay, he's he's and you told us that you were gonna start doing it. Yes, but I didn't realize it was gonna be right in that moment. Yeah, we have to increase our social
2: presence. Yeah, we got increase because there's people that might not be listening to the radio. They might mm-hmm. be on IG. Boom, they see we're on. Let's turn on the boys, <laughs> the boys. Yeah. All right, so I gotta listen to the boys, but babe. yeah, if if it wasn't for posting stuff for things I promote. Job wise, I wouldn't be
1: on social media like no, that. No, it's a at nuisance all. sometimes, man. Look, I like it. I, I still like it, but sometimes it can be a real nuisance.
2: But some of the biggest social media users, the kids on the campus, the college kids, let's go to the campus. Kona. All right. The Duke Blue Devils, after Flip decided to come back, I liked Philly. I started calling him Philly. I didn't learn until we were at the ACC tournament that he goes by Flip. Yeah, Philly just has
1: the whole Philadelphia connotation to yeah, it. probably doesn't make as much sense. And
3: he ain't Philly tough. We saw that against Tennessee. Right. <laughs> there you go. All right. So,
2: uh, yeah, but with him returning, along with Tyrese Proctor, the Blue Devils are now number one in the ESPN way too early top 25. Fitty was talking about earlier how excited he is about that. Does this have the potential of being one of Duke's finest teams? I don't get that feel i like duke a lot and i
1: understand why they're preseason number one but the duke blue devils have had some awesome teams in the past do we think this team even with 2015 having Jalil okafor and i know they won the championship you get some kind of confirmation bias but that's st- that team was still awesome coming in they had some crazy star power to the point where that team was more talented than this one because if you think about the guys that are coming back right who are the guys that are a top five pick in the next year's nba draft and maybe i don't know enough about the freshman coming in so fair enough on that but Philipowski's coming back and he was even viewed as a late first round selection this past year tyrese proctor later first round selection this past season jeremy roach don't know what the nba draft process is going to tell him it looks like a, a second round pick i think if he stays I don't, I don't know if he's coming back or not i don't i guess nobody knows I don't I don't feel like if we're trying to go, what, top five, top ten, there's been a lot of very, very good Duke basketball teams before. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's still a team, clearly, that could win the championship next season. It does have that amount of talent.
2: Well, when you look at it, according to NBA Draft.net, Tyrese Proctor right now is slated to be the eighth pick in the draft, so he looks to be a top ten selection. Jared I mean, McCain, the freshman that's coming in, looks to be – a top 20 selection. They have him slotted at number 16 right now. Flip is in there as a top 25, I guess we'd call him. They have him at 21. And then Mark Mitchell, they have him as a second round pick. But I think that when you factor in four or five star players that are coming into this program, along with who's coming back, Tyrese Proctor, Kyle Filipowski, the reigning ACC tournament, MVP as well as the ACC Rookie of the Year. I think this team does have a chance to be one of Duke's best teams when you talk about from a talent perspective. There are a lot of great players coming back on this team. Jeremy Roach, they have him in their projected starting lineup as well, so not sure if he's going to stick with the draft process or not. But if he comes back, this looks to be a really talented Duke team, so we'll see what happens there. Most surprising transfers, though, because we saw NC State picked up a couple this week. DJ Horn from Arizona State and Ben Middlebrooks from Clemson comes over there. So for one, what's the most surprising transfer, football or basketball, so far, only pick one, and then if you want to throw in a couple of honorable mentions, but who's been the biggest surprise to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, if we go all throughout college basketball, the name that comes to mind is L.J. Cryer, just because Baylor does have a good thing going down there, and the fact that you would leave a team that did win the championship a couple of years ago, Keontae George is on his way out. So even with his want to to play point guard specifically, George is leaving, and I guess Cryer just felt slighted enough to want to get out of that program. Haley Van Lith, if we want to go to the women's college basketball,
2: I know a lot of people were shocked. I said one, her. and then you took mine. What was yours, Wes? What's yours? Haley Van Lith. I think that's a good That answer. was my most surprising one. I told the man, one pick, and then he goes and takes mine. My... It's okay for a no, but... agree
1: every now and then.
2: <laughs> it's all right. No, but I'm just saying, all right, anyway. No, for me, it was Haley Van Lith for sure. I was very shocked. I was mid-conversation with my girlfriend. I saw that thing flash on the bottom of the screen, and I let out a very audible, whoa, because I was very surprised by that. I thought that she was uh, very loyal to that Louisville program. They went to the Elite Eight, so I thought that she was going to come back and try to give it another run. She's one of the best in college basketball, man. So the transfer portal, these kids are just coming in and out. It's just Insanity. Though. Do you have any others, though? Honorable mentions. Well, I was gonna. One of the thing about Haley Van
1: Lith. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she visited LSU, right? Yeah. So if she goes to LSU, you still have Angel Reese on that team. Is there any way that we can get an Iowa LSU matchup? Because remember, outside of the trash talking Caitlin Clark had to South Carolina, when it really started to float out there, it was her talking trash to Haley Van Lith, saying you're down 15. Shut up. And <laughs> so if she goes to LSU, and now you have all of the Tigers that were so mad at Clark during the championship game, could you ever see one team hating a specific player more than what you might see from Kim Mulkey's squad towards Caitlin Clark? I, I maybe there's some uh, some examples out there, but that's going to be pretty tough to beat.
2: They would definitely be the all uh, trash talk team. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean Haley Van Lith. It would just be crazy, LSU. Angel Reese, I mean, you're going to be out of your game quickly if you do not have thick skin for these guys. All right, so we talked about the Ben Middlebrooks from Clemson going to uh, NC State. And so I saw that North Carolina is hot on the trail of Matthew Cleveland that was formerly a Florida State. How do you feel about the, the inter-conference transfer? Do you like that? Oh, I do, because I think it adds drama, for sure. I,
1: because for think about it. For so many years, coaches would uh, would shut down any possibility of you transferring within the conference because they were so scared. But the fact that coaches don't have any control over this now yeah. is what I absolutely love. And I think it does. I think it's a good storyline. Don't we want this? Uh, I like it, too. The NCAA committee does this all the time, even now, right? Remember when they had the possibility of Davidson going up against Michigan State when you had the transfer of Michigan State? I forget his name, but then he came down to play for the Wildcats, and then those guys met the second weekend. You see this quite a bit. There's another example of that this past tournament. We can have this in the regular season, too, and even maybe even a couple times a year if you go just within the conference. I think it's great. I think it's a great storyline to have, and most importantly, It doesn't limit the freedom of that player getting to go wherever he wants to if he does indeed want to transfer from his previous program.
2: I agree with you 100%, man. It's just the drama. I'm here for the sports drama. It's going to make things interesting. Uh, for sure. So we will see. And then Charlotte 49ers, we'll get to this later in the week, but their spring football game is coming up. We'll preview that. I know one thing that you know going into that game, it's going to be four yards and a cloud of dust. A whole lot of that, according to old Coach Pogey. You can't be
1: Biff Pogey and not have a strong running name. <laughs> like, that's just, that's a name that you know, oh, okay, we're about to have a physical football team. I don't think there's any doubt about
2: that. No doubt about it. So when we come back, likely trading spots for Carolina if they should decide to do so. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.